Welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. Excited to bring uh, my one of my brothers onto the show. His name is uh, Russell Pratelli. Russell, first question out of the gun, who are you? I am a 75-year-old gentleman who I live in Westchester, Illinois. I have uh, been married 51 years to my high school sweetheart, two children, six grandkids, and one is autistic, and she's a beautiful young lady. She's the joy of my life. What about, uh, you're also the executive director of a nonprofit, correct? Yes, um, started about 31 years ago. Um, what we do is uh, we pick up food from all different type of food stores, and we preserve it, pack it, and ship it out to, oh, anywhere from 30 to 35 food pantries and soup kitchens all through the Chicagoland area. And with the pandemic problem, we're actually increased by 20%. Uh, so we're moving every day, six days a week. Wow, that's awesome. How I think our food could be found on about a million plates a year now. I think we crossed that threshold. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Russ, how did you get to the leadership position that you're in today? Well, I had a little career at the Northern Trust Bank, and I had the opportunity to leave it and work for a gentleman who uh, was very, he was my mentor, and uh, we both left the same bank at the same time, and he wanted to be his uh, right hand for all his ministry work, and the first thing that was set up was a trip back in 1989 with about 60 teenage kids go to Medjugorje, of which uh, we had to stop off at Rome, and unfortunately, we missed our flight uh, from Rome to Medjugorje, and we got trapped for 10 hours. And uh, finally, on about the 10th, 11th hour, my daughter, who happened to be on the trip, came by, and she says, uh, Dad, you never guessed who's coming by here. I says, yeah, okay, like who? Mother Teresa, come on, give me a break. Sure enough, Mother Teresa came by with a couple of her sisters, and uh, she was there with uh, the Pope to get permission to go to Russia with the Chernobyl accident. And she heard about our problem, and she's, don't worry about a thing. In the next two hours, you're going to be going someplace. I have no problem. I would go with you right now, but I have to go to Russia. And pray for me because she says, um, I'm going to go because they want to see my face. and the deal is they only want to give me one sister house in Russia. And I says, no, I'm not going until I get four. I was okay. She's a pretty strong lady, you know? So mm -hmm. we had about a seven, eight minute uh, talk with her. And uh, sure enough, about an hour later, somebody came by and says, we got a plane waiting for you. So it was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. She was right. And then with, um, when I went back, I, we had such an experience with those teenagers that I went back, I felt the call. And uh, one of the first things that we set up from that is uh, the John Paul Eucharistic uh, Association to help churches in Chicago land area establish uh, adoration rooms that if they couldn't afford it, that um, part of our group, a couple of our uh, successful businessmen would give up to $30,000 a year uh, or for just to open up one of the rooms for adoration. And uh, we got Cardinal uh, Bernadine at the time, they accented it. He's the, totally let's do it so one of the first chapels that we did was uh, the sisters of charity which is the mother Teresa's sisters um, they were in a 120 year old chapel over there on El Porth and uh, 18th street with no air conditioning and 
virtually no heat and oh, so during the summertime it would get up to be 115 120 and you know they're in their habit so we we reconditioned everything we gave them a bathroom we gave them everything else and because of that um we found out that mother Teresa, about four years after uh we had the trip to Medjugorje, we were invited to meet mother Teresa again she wanted to thank us personally for opening up that chapel so i went it was in I believe aurora illinois and uh she came in big entourage with the police uh escorter from o'hare airport there were camera crews everywhere and I was one of seven people allowed to be in the sister's house when mother appears. We got a lot of pictures of this and it's really interesting. Uh, she comes in and uh, there'll be about 30 sisters there and they speak in tongues when she's there. They have a special song that they sing. After that, um, she went directly to adoration uh, and uh, we were allowed of the seven, five minutes with mother at the same time. So when it came with my turn, I didn't know what to say. Here I am, I'm in front of Jesus. I'm kneeling on, on my knees and Mother Teresa's right next to me. And all I had was a picture somebody took of me holding uh, Mother's hand in the airport. And um, so I didn't know what to say. Now this is four years later. And all of a sudden I said, Mother, um, you may not recall, but back four years ago, you were in the Roman airport, you came by to give us confidence. And here's the picture um, that, I, that I took of you. And she says, remember when I told you and I'm going there, I want to get four houses and they want to give me one. And she's waving her finger. I got four houses. <laughs> How could this woman remember four years later that incident, how she's waving her finger, and with all the interviews that she must have taken through her life, this, it was incredible. And I just said, to myself, wow, this is something else. So there's Mother Teresa, there's our Lord and Savior, and I'm right there. And I, I just knelt it down. I reached down and grabbed her hand. And I kissed her hand again. I said, thank you, Mother. I, I, just, I, I will continue to help feed the poor, the homeless, and the needy in your name. And sure enough, we started uh, River of Light. Um, it's on our website, riveroflightchicago.org. And from that interview and meeting her and the sisters, um, we are now really on our way. And uh, like I said, we're, we probably get to reach about 300,000 people a year. And then you times that, but only people in the family. So, and then your meals and everything. So it's uh, very humble that I'm, I'm I still want to know why me. You know, I, I feel so honored doing this for the last 30 something years, but um, I hope I continue to do it as long as uh, I'm alive. And so you've been, you've been doing this now for 30 years, correct? Yeah, 31st year coming up, yeah. Wow. So, and not only to be able to meet Mother Teresa once, which is like most people just like wish that just once in their life, they'd even come close to being able to meet a saint. But for you to be able to meet a saint two times in your life, that is special. Well, actually it's three because I got invited. We had a mass right after adoration, but an hour later we had a special mass for certain people that were invited. And uh, I have pictures of, somebody took pictures of me going up to her and she had a miraculous medal that she handed out. So I cherish this to this day that she handed me this medal. That's awesome. And I know people need help. I'll share that medal with them, if, you know, they, as long as they bring it back. Well, I think one of the things that I'm taking away from this story, too, from a business perspective, is that, that 
as you said, Mother Teresa had conviction. You know, here is this, you know, probably 100 pound nothing, little wee little woman, you know, going against the Russian government. And, and they, you know, them like negotiating their position to say, you're only going to get one mother house, one convent in, in this area. And her heart was convicted for four. And it's like, it's just that lesson that the person that, that wants it more oftentimes in negotiations is going to be able to get her way. And it, it really doesn't matter about what wow. size or stature you are. It's, it's about that conviction that you bring to business. So, yeah. so thank you for sharing that, uh, that story yeah, as well. Very strong. Do you think she was really sweet and mellow? She's a strong lady. I mean, you, you talk with her, you respected every word. She was firm and direct. Mm. No nonsense. That's how strong her faith was. So Russ, you've been running a nonprofit now for, for, you know, these, these coming up on 31 years. If you had the opportunity to coach yourself on year zero, right when you're jumping in, what, what uh, lessons do you think that you would, you would want to coach yourself on? And, I, and well, I, I ask you this question because you know, there's a lot of young listeners that are thinking about either starting a nonprofit or starting a for-profit company. And, and these, these life lessons and business lessons are critically important to hear. Well, it's a good question. Um, I've always made myself available to uh, businessmen who reach a point in their career that uh, they're kind of stuck and they'd like to leave and do something credible, you know, and they would ask me questions and I always told them, I says, well, first of all, you know, you, you still have to make a living and um, provide for your family. But most important is keep your faith and keep a daily uh, prayer life with you from the moment you get up in the morning, like I do. I, first thing I do is fall on my knees. And I said, dear Lord, you didn't take me. So apparently there's something you want me to do today. And the same thing all through the day, you know, keep in touch, play good music and don't be distracted by, you know, the news of today because it can get you down. Um, and then at, have a good uh, time frame at nighttime. I'm a little different. Um, I end up sleeping on the couch at about 11, 12 o'clock and the, the, my wife is already in bed. I mean, and so then I found out about 20 years ago, the best private time at the end of the day for a meditation is at nighttime and you got the quietness to the house and that's when you can devote yourself and offer up the day's work that you did for the Lord. And hopefully that, um, that blossoms into uh, strength to get up and want to do the same thing. And that's been going on for so many years. I, I, I really cherish my evening meditation, private prayers. I think that's important to have some recognition mm -hmm. that you should have the opportunity to thank him every day that you have something out there you want me to do. Excellent. Well, we'll, um, Thank you for, uh, for sharing that. And I think this question, the next question kind of funnels into that too. Um, you know, the show is all about like where virtue and business intersects and the fact that you've been, uh, you know, feeding the most vulnerable of our society for, uh, for 31 years and devoted your career to that. There's no question that you're a virtuous man. Um, but I guess maybe the, the better question is, is, why do you do what you do? And what, and what do you, what do you get from the work that you're doing as well? Well, uh, I think I've had it from the very beginning. I was one of these kids in a neighborhood that just always wanted to help people. I, it was an addiction. I, I 
went to the playground and I wanted to help sprinkle, keep the dust down, I bring out the basin. I always volunteering and I enjoyed it and I enjoy doing good things to this day. I, you know, on my way to down in some of the most toughest parts of Chicago, you know, I have some bags of goodies next to me that when these gentlemen who are begging on the street, instead of giving them money, I'll give them a small little bag of cookies or, or grapes or something. And they look forward to it. They, they see my truck and they know it's coming. They know they're going to get something from me. So I, I've always wanted to volunteer, but I think one of the secrets is other than keeping some type of steady prayer life with you, um, I'm part of a men's prayer group. I've always been part of a men's prayer group where we meet uh, once a week or once a month. Currently, I'm in this group that uh, you're aware of that we meet once uh, a week. Um, but keep some type of structure. Um, we found that when men get together privately and then you have, you know, a minister there, some uh, official, uh, don't be afraid to ask questions when you get comfortable in these groups of men's prayer group and regardless of what the format is feel free to let them know the struggles that you have. And that's very interesting to learn from other men. And I'm hopefully the ladies have their prayer groups too. And, and they talk to each other and say, you know, I'm having a problem with my grandchild. I'm having a problem. I think if you can trust these people and you have a leader in that group, uh, you're going to find out it's, it's good to get it open and get some advice. And that's something that I have, what I cherish my prayer life to in my daily life is be a good listener. Don't be afraid to listen more than giving back information. Listening is very, very important. Well, thank you for sharing. And, and, you know, obviously Russ, you know, our audience has all sorts of walks of life. And I think, you know, like while on the, on the, Christian side or, or Jewish side or whatever your religion may be, there's always groups that you can join at church to be able to connect with people. And for those of our brothers and sisters that, you know, that aren't religious, there's also, you know, there's therapy groups, there's, there's CEO networking groups, just in essence, what you're saying is join a group of your peers yeah, and, and, and it requires some humility, right? Because you have to go into those groups recognizing that you don't have all the answers. And yep. but when you can share kind of like what problems you have going on, there's other people that, that have uh, the same issues that they've already gone through and that can help you and coach exactly. you. To you. And uh, it's oftentimes free advice. And uh, no, I think that's, that's beautiful. So thank well, you. I, I did, I, I made mention about groups of people, but uh, when I started um, a strong prayer life some, some 40 years ago, uh, there was one gentleman that I that I would show up to mass all the time. He had his Bible with. So uh, one day after uh, mass, I, I said to him, I says, um, can you share with me? He says, I just like coming to church. I come, even if it's sitting by myself. He says, but I just have one good friend. And that's all I need right now. I don't mind having a lot of friends, but in this case, he says, find one good friend that you can talk to. And even if you don't build beyond the one, you have somebody close that you can talk to and you just don't harbor it yourself. And you'd be surprised what will come out of that one great relationship. So start off with one great inspirational person that gives you uh, the feeling of comfort and you can talk to that person. Very important to talk. But find one good person, a good friend who had things like you, you'd be surprised how far that relationship will go and grow. Amen. Yeah, that, uh, 
that's definitely uh, one thing that I've learned from from you, Russ, is the power of of having a a uh, regular relationship. You know, we we meet and have lunch every Thursday together. And at first, I you know, as a young executive, I was like, I don't have time to be able to sit around for this hour and a half. You know, you think you have all these priorities, but uh, I I now you know I think we're coming up on our third year of doing this. I I look forward to that Thursday lunch to to be able to just hope in our hearts to one another and and yeah, talk to I them. do I do too. Uh, it breaks my time up, but uh, it's amazing how consistent we are. We always have the same thing for lunch. You ever notice that? <laughs> that we never complain. <laughs> we don't complain, then, Russ. I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> and we don't complain once in a while. I'll say because no, I've been looking forward all week to now get the orange chicken. You know, so we we kid around, we laugh, uh, we share stories and what happens. Like I said, we're one on one, and we share. We bring to the table a little bit of stuff that happened in the past week, and we're not afraid to bring it up and get an opinion. I mean. Maybe there's a lot, there's some things you can't discuss, but at least you, you have a friend that at least can express his opinion and not so much telling you what to do, but giving you some direction at what I would do. And that, that's comforting for you to think about when you go home at nighttime. So now I know you've said to me many times that you're gonna, you're gonna try to run River of Light until the grave. Um, but as you look back on, on your career, what do you wanna be remembered for, Russ? Blue Collar Russ. <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. Just simple, simple. Um, there's an expression, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm -hmm. Keep your life simple. Uh, it's okay to go on trips. It's okay to earn your money. But give back. Give some charity back. Know your, your, your tolerance on what your budget is. And it feels good. And once you start giving one thing, you're going to find yourself growing in that capacity that you want to do more. You know, uh, my wife and I, we gave a lot of money to the organization in order to keep it going. And, and uh, fortunately, I have a board of directors now, finally, that see the what I've been going through and struggling. And they're making efforts to, to raise money to help this organization to get back on our feet. And the last, just to show you, the last year alone, we got two new used transit vans for us to take more food rather than make all these extra trips because safety is important in these neighborhoods. So these guys have turned around and says, Russ, um, we're going to handle the finances for now on. Don't you worry about a thing. So I, I, I've been blessed. So uh, Russ, how can people get a hold of you or your organization? Well, you, the website is uh, riveroflightchicago.org. Uh, Correct, Chris, because you're one of my technicians. You know. <laughs> yes, yes. You know how Chris, I am we'll, have one, we'll have the link up too. Uh, you know, on this segment too. So. I'm an old geezer with computers and a mind made in a blue collar rust. So I come to you quite a bit for help on setting up our website and Facebook. And without you and a few of the other guys, I tell you, I, I couldn't be where I'm at right now. So I'm blessed. Um, I don't. The answer to your your question is to keep the faith. Uh, think of the Lord every single day or you know, you're uh, a, has an addiction and there's a higher power. I, I got friends that quite a few friends who have addictions and alcoholics and sponsorships and uh, uh, just find one good person. Uh, trust that there's something much more powerful out there. And again, 
find somebody that you can talk to or you want to get advice that you feel confident. That's the most important thing. Communications, keep it open, keep it simple. Well, thank you, Russ. This has uh, been a, a very uh, cherished relationship of mine. And I'm excited that uh, you were able to share on the, the Leading Virtuously podcast today. Um, just uh, really enjoyed the time. And I think there's tons of golden nuggets here of, of leadership and wisdom that you shared. So appreciate that. Uh, but I hope you have an incredible day. And uh, thanks again, Russ. Yes, everybody have a great holiday. Please stay safe. Use some choice decisions as to uh, helping others uh, during this uh, terrible situation that we're in. And pray for that this uh, vaccine will, will be powerful enough that we'll get through this. Amen. Thank you, Russ. Take Thank care. Thank you, brother. Yep. Bye-bye. Peace.